0: Welcome to the Empowering Agency Workers, the podcast for all temporary workers. If you're unsure of your rights, unsure how to find work, or just plain unsure, we're here to help. It's all too easy to be exploited, so your expert host Julia Kermode will empower you to succeed.
1: Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm really pleased to be talking to Roy, Roy Beale from Shipshape, about a very important topic, which is all about how you're going to be paid and some of the stuff that goes on out there and how we can help explain your pay rate. Now, Roy is Head of Growth and Partnerships at Shipshape Resources, and they are an employment and payroll specialist who's been in this sector for a while. And Roy, I think you've been in the sector for a while as well. So, do you want to tell us a very quick overview of of you and your background
0: yeah sure I was reminded recently that it must be close to 30 years within oh. the recruitment sector <laughs> which cheered me up knowing yeah end. I, <laughs> I actually got into recruitment as a temporary worker okay yeah between jobs um then I challenged the recruitment consultant that there must be better jobs than this He said, if you can do a better job, come and try it yourself. Brilliant. (laughs) Became a consultant, manager, then in sort of the recruitment world as a recruiter and also sort of selling services into the recruitment sector as well, representing workers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So both sides of the fence in recruitment, literally 30 years now.
1: Wow. And so now you're um, on the employment and payroll um, specialist side. And I think Shipshape have been going for a little while as well, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they're one of the original guys way back uh, 18 years now. Gosh. So they're a well-known brand in in certain sectors. Some sectors they're not, um, but they're one of the few companies that's never changed their company name. Ah. They've stayed consistent all the way through. So, yeah, one of the good guys.
1: Interesting. So, so yes, so there's not much that you don't know about what goes on in terms of setting pay rates, either from the recruitment side or from the employment and payroll side. So tell us how how would an agency normally calculate um, an hourly rate that they then quote to to the client that the temporary worker will be working for
0: so th- typically the end hire of the client where the, the contract is going to work will say that you know, if they've got permanent employees positioned there that mm-hmm. this is their pay rate yeah so if we said for we say it was 10 pounds what mm-hmm. they would then do is say, okay We've got the 10 pound an hour pay rate yeah we then need to add the costs of, of being the employer so we need to add the percentages normally 12.07 percent for holiday pay
1: yeah
0: we need to add the cost for the employer's national insurance yeah she's just gone up to 15 of all the new nhs costs and stuff yes on yeah. there um the bigger employers would have to add the apprenticeship levy. Yeah. There's a government scheme for apprenticeship, so there's no choice in that. And also for pension contributions. So all of those percentages of that yeah. £10 an hour pay rate would be added to the £10.
1: Okay. Then yeah.
0: There would be the agency's profit margin. So yeah. maybe a pound an hour, two pounds an hour, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. That gives them the rate that they would then charge to their end hirer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Inside. And that's what they call the assignment rate.
1: Okay, so the assignment rate is basically the pay rate that that you, the worker, can expect to receive. With and then on top of that are all of the overheads that are incurred by the recruitment agency and also um, by whoever's doing the payroll. So the things, the things like employers' national
0: insurance, etc. Have, yeah.
1: have I got that right?
0: Yeah. So whatever the employment model is where it's PAYE, yeah. But it could be umbrella, it could be a PEO, yeah. Um, or it could just be a straightforward PAYE payroll that the agency runs themselves. Then all of those costs are added on to that, to that gross rate of pay for the worker, and so that's referred to as the assignment rate.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So this is where um, a lot of confusion comes around. Yeah. In terms of pay rates and yeah. assignment rates. And what's being advertised by agencies and this um I was going to say myth where mm. people still believe that the workers are paying the umbrella fees
1: yes that that, that crops in. up a lot so i suppose if if listeners i suppose the main point for listeners really is that the assignment rate is not their pay rate or rather not usually their pay rate and exactly. i th- i think that's that's a fundamental point isn't it
0: it is because it's the assignment rate and the pay rate are two separate entities. Yeah. yeah. The assignment rate is what a PEO or an umbrella company or a payment intermediary would charge the entire. Mm-hmm. And that includes all of the overheads, Yeah. including their fees. Yeah. The pay rate is your gross pay rate as an individual worker. Yeah. Some agencies will advertise assignment rates, rightly or wrongly, because it's a higher amount.
1: Right. So instead
0: of advertising the, the £10 an hour... Yeah. They may advertise, you know, I'm doing the numbers in my head quickly, but so far we <laughs> say it's £15 an hour. For example, that's yeah. what they'll advertise. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you could argue the case whether that's right or wrong. Is it misleading? Mm. What mm. the more compliant agencies will do, forgetting that argument about should they do that in the first place, what they will do is explain to the worker, okay, that is the assignment rate. Yeah. This is broken down, and they'll explain, here's your pay rate. So it's yeah. not great because the workers applying for a job thinking it's 15 pound an hour and yeah. it turns out it's 10 pound. So it's not ideal. Yeah. The, the reasons that they're doing this is the compliant agency is the same as compliant payroll intermediaries and compliant businesses in any sector is they're trying to stay afloat. They are start trying to compete with the non-compliant companies. Mm-hmm. And the non-compliant companies or those that aren't, you know, as, as, as good as they should be, they advertise the assignment rates. Mm-hmm. So if the compliant company didn't advertise, you know, you've got two job adverts for the same role. One's £15 an hour, one's £10 an hour. Human nature, you're going to go first to the £15 an yeah, hour. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So there's that unfair competition, if you like. So they're driven. They're sort of forced down that road to mm-hmm. advertise um but say the more compliant ones will then explain the difference the non-compliant ones one and they won't explain that that's an assignment right so then when people get paid they realize actually what's all these overheads what's all these costs why am i paying the employer's costs yeah now technically they're not but because it's not been explained to them beforehand and if it's not being demonstrated, so there's various bits of information that they should get and, you know, the example pay slips and everything else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and guides explaining it from the agency, from the payroll intermediary, the non-compliant side of the sector doesn't provide the information because they want you to think, I'm going to get my £15 an hour, thank you very much, I've registered, off I go to work.
1: Yeah, it's a bit silly in a way because that's just storing up future trouble for them to then spend time unpicking and and explaining. But, I mean, i Going slightly off topic already, unfortunately, for, <laughs> I've often no, not understood why the employment agency standards Inspectorate, that's responsible for governing how, employ, how recruitment agencies work, I don't understand why they don't have a rule in their conduct regulations that says you have to advertise a pay rate and that is the rate that the worker receives. And I've spoken to them about it a few times. And it's, it's not actually as straightforward as, as I'm saying, but but that would be a lot easier, wouldn't it, if it was possible it, that whatever whatever is advertised, you that's the rate you receive.
0: Yeah, it would be. I mean, it, it used to be, I'm not sure if it's still the same, I'm assuming it is, that if you um, advertised a pay rate, you would have to advertise the job location right. going back for yeah. sort 20-odd of years. Mm -hmm. there were certain rules around how you place the job advert and the information. So I'm pretty sure it was a case with the pay rate was there, you had to put the location. um, And there would have been some other elements there. So for me, I agree. I don't see why they can't say, you know, here's an assignment rate, here's a pay rate. Yeah,
1: yeah. What
0: has happened, though, is that the government has tried to sort of put in some measures to make it more clearer, to spell it out to workers exactly what their pay rate is and what the deductions are. So one is called the assignment schedule and one is called the key information document or the kid, as we yeah. refer to it. The kid, um, we start with the assignment schedule. Effectively, every worker goes through a payroll intermediary. When they get their contract, they should also get an assignment schedule. And the assignment schedule will, will should detail the, the name of the agency, the name of the end hirer, the location mm-hmm. of the work. The gross pay rate that they're going to receive the expected hours the expected length of the contract as a bare minimum okay yeah so it's 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 very clear okay because their contract is normally overarching so they can go and work at different places yeah and every time they change job location they should notify the payroll provider yeah that oh i've changed and they get a new assignment schedule. And is that, with that new role that spells out exactly how long it's expected to last, your hours, your pay rates?
1: I'm sorry to interrupt, but is the assignment schedule a requirement then that is that the agencies um, are meant to provide each and every time they they change yes. where the workers working?
0: Agencies and payroll intermediaries, so right. umbrella companies, PEOS, supposed to provide them.
1: Okay. They? Okay, that, um, I only ask because that seems a uh, slightly forgotten element because of what you're about to come on to, which is the key information documents, which are which are the newer piece of legislation that came out. Well, you can tell us when um, yeah, rather than uh, me trying to remember. April 20, <laughs>
0: yeah, April 2020. Yeah. It came out. This was to support the assignment schedule. Yeah. And this was to be at the point, and this onus is on the recruitment agency. Okay. So to, to provide not the payroll, intermediary, the PO, the C Brothers, mm-hmm. albeit a lot of us, we do do it as well to help the agency and to yeah. keep the, the supply chain compliant um, and to make sure that you know the workers fully understand exactly how they're getting paid, what the deductions are. Mm-hmm. So the key information document goes a little bit further than the assignment schedule in that it will yeah. show you the gross pay rate. It will show you the assignment rate. It will show you the gross pay rate. It will show you if it doesn't show you the figures that it's big up, it's all the employer's costs. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it if some will show you the figures based on your gross pay rate. Yeah. Some, if they don't show you the figures, then what they have to do is show you how those figures are calculated.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there'll be a little formula in there. Some yeah. explain them quite straightforward, some make them a little bit complicated, not because they're trying to hide anything, but just they've chosen a different way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um it then shows you what has to be deducted legally as an employer legally as an employee so your tax and your ni but the actual figures or the formulas for every deduction have to be there and that should match your assignment schedule it should match your contract and it should match your pace so for and- a worker you should be able to follow that gross pay line all the way through to say yep yeah, what i saw in the advertisement in an ideal world what i was told when i was interviewed all the documentation I've got, right down to my slip. yep, I can see I've got my £10, I've paid my national insurance, I've paid my tax, and I've accrued my holiday, Or I've had my holiday paid, whatever yeah. they choose. Yeah. So those are the two documents uh, the government's sort would of have brought in over time to spell it out and clear it so that they can understand there's, a, there's an issue there because of this, how rates are being advertised and not yeah. being explained. And yeah. it's part of a bigger education pitch because there's lots of recruitment consultants don't know the difference between an assignment rate and a pay rate
1: right okay so yeah, I mean, I, I I do believe it actually from some of the conversations I have with when people are contacting me um, at at iWork. So so I do completely um, believe that. And I mean, I suppose that that's quite a fundamental flaw, really. I don't know if if you can really comment on how how is that even possible? How how come the <laughs> the recruitment I think, consultants don't know?
0: If you you know going back in time when if you take the umbrella payroll, because it's probably the one that's talked about the most. Yeah. And it's the one that's had the most changes. That When it first came out, there were lots of expenses and benefits yes. to umbrella payroll. All the workers were taken home, you know, hundreds of pounds more per week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Perfectly legal, perfectly compliant, based on all of the rules and the laws at the time.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And at that time, workers were charged the fees, rather than the agency or the employer in the assignment, rate, Okay. The worker didn't care because their bottom line, when they looked at it, was still way, way better than going for a traditional payroll.
1: So were the agencies advertising a particular rate and then workers were perhaps taking home more money? Um, And this was because of tax deductible expenses largely, wasn't
0: it? What would happen, the, the pay rates would be advertised mm. the same. Then what would happen is you'd have pay illustrations comparing a PAYE pay to an umbrella pay.
1: Yeah.
0: They would make assumptions that if you travel so many miles, if you had so many meals, and then you would see the difference in them. Yeah. The workers didn't care about paying the fees because they were still because they were far better, better off. off. Yeah. Yeah. 2016, so it all stopped. Yeah. The rules yeah. changed, it all stopped. But the the myth One bit of description that workers still pay the umbrella fees still exists. Mm. And when they see a pay slip with all those costs broken down for the employer's costs, that supports that myth. I'm paying all these costs because it's not been explained to them about the assignment rates and the gross pay rates. Yeah. Also, towards the end, just prior to sort of 2016 for the last year or two before that umbrella companies were competing with each other and kind of all sorts of schemes to enhance even further mm. benefits of the pay and some of the formulas and stuff started to get quite complicated right which is probably what led to recruitment agencies the boards, you know the, the owners of the agency and actually i don't want my consultants to work out these rates because if they get it wrong
1: ah okay it can cause
0: issues And also the end hire would have trouble understanding it. So I think they started getting into the habit of saying to their, you know, their branches, their consultants, right? this is our charge rates. We worked it all out. This is all you need to know.
1: Um, That's our
0: charge rate. That's our pay rate. Over the years, consultants actually aren't working out the nitty gritty of how to charge a client because they're being told from head office.
1: Right, right. Actually,
0: nowadays, it's gone back to being nice and simple.
1: Okay, so I so, mean,
0: I, I think that's the evolution.
1: Yeah, but there's still the
0: myth that goes with it in some of that evolution, but it all boils down to the lack of education, yeah, in the industry, and then yeah. sharing that with the workers.
1: It's quite interesting actually, because I've been um, frustrated when people come to me and say that they haven't been told stuff, and I think, well, why haven't you been told stuff? This is so so annoying. But actually, you've given a bit of context there, so I do have. Slight amount more sympathy than than I had before we started this conversation. So so that's good. But my, my sympathy will always be with with the workers, and I do feel that um it is confusing. And this this whole one of the myths you just touched on was um workers paying to to be paid, so they're paying the the umbrella or the payroll intermediaries margin and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not legal. You're not allowed to be charged for being paid, are you?
0: No, you're not. No. There's some exclusions to do with actors. Okay. And um, uh, if you work in a theatre or something like that, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. the actor's an agent.
1: Ah, okay. But other right. than that,
0: it's literally just, I think there's two exclusions. One's actors, theatre, and the other one it's linked to that sector. Okay. Because there's an agent involved in the contracts. But other than that, no, no worker Mm -hmm. should legally be charged to pay, to get their own pay.
1: And that's that's why it's important that we're doing this um podcast today to try and bust that myth because it is it is one of the one of the frequent um areas of confusion. Um and I suppose that's also partly why we now have the key information documents, um, which does go through everything from that headline, um, through all the overheads and the breakdowns and all of the costs to then give back the kind of net pay rate. So I th- I think progress has has been made, hasn't it? Yeah.
0: Yes. Things have moved forward um, mm. with the government with these. Again, it's that it goes back to the education within the sector that mm. actually, you know, all agencies should be issuing these kit documents, ah. the information documents. Yes. So again, you've got the compliant companies, you've got the blatant non-compliant, and you've got those in the middle that are trying to keep up the times and the changes because right. it does always evolve. Maybe not so much the kit document but there's other aspects of compliance. It's forever evolving and yeah. moving um and they're trying so you know there should be a lot of sympathy for the recruiters that are honest yes trying to do the right thing yeah um but it, it does come down to education yeah and then you know have they got the right systems to automatically produce these documents are they mm-hmm. tied into a contract with an old payroll system yeah doesn't enable them now there's many many other factors that hinder agencies that want to be compliant as possible
1: Yeah. But it
0: hinders them doing it. But there are those also that just blatantly don't care.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, um, not least those ones around the corner who are are just selling inaccurate pay rates, basically. And and it... I don't know what what we can do about this unlevel playing field then, because if your competitor is getting all the business because they're they're inflating their pay rates, then you've got to take some sort of action to entice people to choose your business as opposed to your dodgy neighbour, you know, around the corner.
0: (laughs) And again, I think it's it's education. You know, if I had to personally, if I was running an agency Mm -hmm. and I had to advertise an assignment rate, I'd probably want to make it transparent. That's the assignment rate. Yeah. Is your gross pay? I might yeah. even put in the adverts, you know, if you're seeing the assignment rate advertised, is that the assignment rate? Is that a pay rate? Yeah. Now, I put it in my own adverts to get them to question. Yeah. One of the things we do, we, you know, we've got various facts sheets and guides and whatever else. And we also put in there what to look out for.
1: Ah, oh, great. That's that's handy. So, well, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the notes that go with this. But yeah, what, what sort of things are in there?
0: So, one of the things we tell them to look out for if you're getting a pay illustration from a company. So you know, check the dates on it on the document mm-hmm. because legislation has changed. I've seen some where yeah. they're pre 2016. These documents are dated. Wow. What they're referring to is way before the rules changed. Wow. Common things they will do are they'll give you um, an illustration based on working six days a week. Do you work right. six days a week? <laughs> Probably
1: not. well most some people might but yeah I, I yeah. would expect most people to assume that their pay illustrations on five days a
0: week yeah when you when you look at it you know there's normally a little line that says you know, this is what it's based on yeah um but it's six days a week it could be 10 or 12 hours a day yeah they will include mileage very rare you can claim mileage now very yeah. very rare
1: yeah
0: um on that and they'll include meals as well these wow. are old benefits that have long gone. Very very rarely will you be able to claim those. Yeah. So that's what's in there. But workers, job seekers, look at the payslip, the illustration, go straight Mm. to the net figure
1: course of course human nature um yeah. you, you kind of would and i guess if if when they look at the detail and they're seeing these these kind of um red flags if you like that that are kind of from from years gone by i guess that doesn't reflect very well on 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 the provider at all does it whether it's the agency or the umbrella or payment intermediary or, or whatever yeah. because it's it's saying they haven't they haven't updated their their systems in line with the law
0: exactly and, and as I said, it's evolving all of the time. This is one of the yeah. challenges agencies have, yeah. And that's why agencies, you know, themselves want to find good payroll intermediaries, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, to help
0: them. You know, it's not just about crunching the numbers, the, the compliance side of it, but it's education and it's the government, it's the governing bodies for recruitment industry. Mm. You know, the board directors of agencies. It should all filter down. It's education. And making people aware and it should filter down to the workers yeah so that everybody understands
1: yeah exactly and and you know as I say that that's why why we're doing this kind of today is to get the message out directly to workers so I mean if if you would sum up what what should workers be looking out for then
0: if they're looking at jobs you know they talk to an agency the rate you're advertising is that the assignment rate or is that the gross pay rate yeah and if you do take the role on there can you see the kid document
1: well thank you so much for your time i will put a link up um on the notes as i say to your handy document on what to look out for because i think i think that's going to be really really useful to our to our listeners um but for now thank you so much for joining us really enjoyed chatting to you
0: my pleasure enjoyed it as well thank you for listening to empowering agency workers hosted by julia kermode information on today's discussion please visit iwork.co.uk where you can also join our growing community we hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you did then we would love you to subscribe rate and review our podcast we'll be back at the same time next week